Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show, hour two of episode number 1,120 of your favorite daytime sports talk show. We are live on the Game Plus Television Network, WQEE Radio down there in Atlanta. Shout out Rhino Radio. I was checking him out today. 99.1 on your FM dial, Metro Atlanta. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. I'm in a rainy, rainy, rainy South Florida. And Darren Moose Dupont is in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And I promised everybody, Moose, in hour one, that uh, we were going to have fun right off the top. And we've been doing that. Dag nabbit, what did I say? It's nice <laughs> when things come together. Yes. And the breaking news today, two things, two things. We got hockey to get to for sure, for sure. We got NFL and CFL news. The Buffalo Bills fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey today. Uh, we had heard that he was on the hot seat. It happened today following their implosion on Monday Night Football 24-22 to the Denver Broncos, who have now won three in a row. And the commissioner of the Canadian Football League held his State of the League address this morning in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And among the items coming out of those, which CFL fans hang on every word of these it's a news conference is what it is. I've been to 21 of them. Um, he said that the CFL Saturday playoff games are here to stay. And also that they're going back to a balanced schedule for every team from each conference will play the other team at least twice, home and away, which we're all begging for. Why they went away from it, I don't know. I tried my best not to criticize them for it because we don't know the answer for all these things. But for those that were upset about it, made a lot of noise about it, you win. And we got a lot of audience participation here. And also, 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 themes. Darren, themes. I know you're thinking about the questions that we have from the viewers. We'll answer those in a second. Themes today, the Edmonton Oilers got a win for Chris Knobloch and his NHL coaching debut 4-1 over the Islanders last night. But they've lost five in a row. The Montreal Canadiens and Calgary Flames meet tonight. I don't care. What do we got? How many games? Three, six, nine games in the NHL, including the Florida Panthers at San Jose, Tampa Bay Lightning at St. Louis. When it's an all-Canadian matchup, I don't care who it is. Ottawa, Vancouver is fine for me. Winnipeg, Calgary is great. Montreal, if it's all-Canadian, that's the game of the night for me. Do you still feel that buzz, that vibe in an all-Canadian matchup? A little bit, I do. Um, some matchups more than others, but yeah, I think there's always a little bit of extra something on the line when it's an all Canadian matchup for sure. I'm with you. So we're excited about that. And, um, guess I can't let this go. I don't know where Serena is. I think she's out for a walk, but this is how big of an orders fan she is. And I don't know if you are this big with the Leafs. I see you have your jets jacket on today. They've got New Jersey there tonight. She checked the score. <laughs> Sat on the side of the bed, checked the score of the orders game last night. I went, oh, thank God. That was a direct quote. And I'm thinking, God bless you for loving your team that much and that you would be that impacted by whether your team won or lost. Because I'm just not. And I'm not sure why that is with any team. I'm not sure why. Um, are you like that with the Leafs? Like, if they win, are you like, oh, thank God. The next day, if you didn't, if you check the score. Yeah, to an extent, a little bit. I'm not quite the same as as that, where it's like, you know, oh, thank God. But I'm like, okay, nice. They they won. You know, that's good. Or if they lose and I'm not watching the game, I'm like, ah, 
that's too bad. What I wonder what happened that they lost, and I go check the highlights. But I'm not. It doesn't make or break my day. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, as you see and have seen over the last 1,120 shows, very, very few things affect me or get me rattled. And uh, I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that. They used to, but they don't anymore. And that reminds me. I knew that it would be, on this Grey Cup week, that it would be a pretty big hot-button topic to talk about Toronto Argonauts quarterback Chad Kelly not shaking hands on the field after their loss in one of the biggest CFL playoff upsets in history. I didn't think it would be this big of 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 a topic. I didn't, Darren. I didn't think it would be this big of a hot-button lightning rod issue. Why do you think people are so hot and bothered about this? And by the way, for the uninitiated, my thing is I just let people be themselves, and history will judge you. I I could not feel stronger about that. We talked about Bill Belichick storming off the field after the Super Bowl, when his unbeaten Patriots lost for the first time all year, nobody had a, I, not that I saw anybody had a major problem with that. I've talked about that. Why can't we talk about it? Kelly McCrimmon, Vegas Golden Knights, when he was coaching Brandon, wouldn't shake hands with the Tigers coach after a series. Didn't seem to hurt him. So wh- why do we have such a problem that Chad Kelly's doing it? I don't really understand. You had some very eloquent points on this last hour and uh you know your actions in the heat of the moment blah 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 blah. yeah we got to be very careful about those things some will get fried for it others won't (laughs) i don't you and i have not come up with the answer as to why some guys why this sticks to them and others it doesn't i don't know the answer to that couple things for me on that yeah you know as you said history will dictate and you know what history will be the judge, the jury, and the executioner on it. And history is more than one moment. So for me, it's more about what happens in the other moments. Because everybody can have a moment of weakness or a moment of, I'm mad, and I'm not going to consider anything else than being mad and getting out of here, right? So you can understand whether you agree or don't agree. You can at least understand where he's coming from. Now, if he goes on to win, he'll be judged as a winner. If he goes on to lose, this might be part of that. The other thing is, is he a good person or not a good person? You know, what does he say afterwards when people ask him about walking off the field and not shaking hands, right? You know, he put out a statement on social talking about how he vowed to be better. You know, all these signs to me point to Chad Kelly's a good person, but also a fierce competitor who's going to battle back. So that's for me the history that's going to, judge him is what type of human being are you and is this a moment of weakness or was this revealing your true character for some guys these moments of weakness are a reveal of their true character they've been hiding it right and it's a reveal of who they really are for others it's simply a moment of weakness and it doesn't you know reveal who they are and i don't think that's the case with chad kelly i think he's a good person but a fierce competitor and he'll be fine long term I love what you're saying. I don't necessarily agree with all of it, but I love that you have an opinion on it because what what I do, and I love the audience. They just keep coming with the good stuff. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff the Stamps fan says uh, it speaks to Kelly's character and should be a concern for the Argos. We'll see. 
because we have a problem when anyone does it. Yeah, fair, but boy, those guys that I named earlier that did it, it didn't affect their career. So will it affect Chad Kelly's? I don't know. The history will show that. Wayne and Victoria, B.C., even before Chad Kelly didn't shake hands after the game, I wasn't a fan of his. Janelle says, uh, where's Janelle? She was the CFL fans as a whole have not taken to him. And this kind of vindicates their feelings. Um, Bomber boy in Calgary says, after every interception, Chad Kelly looked like someone crapped in his pants. It was probably one of the worst moments of his life, and it happened on national television. And I'm a guy that would know a little bit about something happening on regional television affecting their life. So I guess, why do you think I'm on Chad Kelly's side on this? You all want to judge him by what you see on a two-dimensional screen for three hours out of a week. Do you understand that that person isn't necessarily what you see on the screen? I'm not sure how many hours there are out of it. It's like 271 hours or something. I can't, I can't remember. I'm bad at math. 24 times 7, 210 something. Bad at math. We've established that. You all want to judge him based on what you saw is my point. And I, I won't. And I, you know, getting too deep. Too, deeper than I want to get, Darren, because I spent years in recovery being told to get over things. So I have, and then I look back at nobody else can. <laughs> okay, suit you. I'm out. From the Puck and Pigskin podcast in Red Deer, he says, athletes break unwritten rules all the time in the heat of the moment when emotions are flaring. Yeah, but that's my point. That's when you're judged. And people will never forget. So I guess maybe what I'm saying here, Darren, is that I don't necessarily have a problem with what Chad Kelly did, but I'm not speaking for everybody. Um, do you have a problem with what he did? No. I think if this becomes, you know something that's more than just a one-off. Yeah, I might question it. One time, first time that I really heard about it, I don't have a problem. Um, you know, on, on the surface, you never want to see somebody not shake hands. But if he stopped to sign autographs, at least on his way out, he had uh, some clarity to say, you know what, I can I can be better than just running into the locker room right away. I'll stop and do this. But no, it's no issue yet until it becomes a problem. It's not a problem yet. Um, I'm trying, I will have to limit this to one or maybe two comments per viewer, but I, I appreciate what Janelle's saying and clear, we're not going to see the same side of this Janelle and it's one eleven Eastern. That's why I rang the bell 11, 11 mountain. She said, why is it that no NFL team wants him because he's a problem and I'm not seeing a wind of change in him. It's what I talked about an hour ago. It's the redemption story. We, some of us have had problems in my life, in our life. I'm a champion of change. I'm cheering for the guy. And he didn't help himself on Saturday, but I'm not going to judge him based on this incident when guys like Bill Belichick and Kelly McCrimmon did the same thing. 
Am I speaking another language? Why can they do it? But he can. Done. Um. <laughs> Which reminds me. Okay. To the uh, just a quick check of the poll question. It's brought to you daily by the Key Auto Group. The all-new 2024 Kia Sportage reimagines innovation in motion. It pushes the boundaries of urban SUV design and technology with refinement and purpose. Go to keyyorktonkia.com for more information. The 2024 Kia Sportage movement that inspires. Poll question is, who do you think will win the 110th Grey Cup? 56% of you saying the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And both Darren and I have voted for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. For the hockey people that have shown up today, we've had a few people that have wanted to address the Oilers hiring of Chris Knobloch. Bob McCulloch in Borden, Manitoba, writes in and says, why are the Oilers hiring a former player as a coach again? They've gone down that road many times before with coaches and managers with zero success. Loved Paul Coffey as a player, but dot, dot, dot. Great question, and thank you for the change of topic, Bob. What's he won? <laughs> and by the way, when he said, thank God you pointed out coffee, because I thought you were talking about Chris Knobloch. He's saying, why are they bringing back one of their former greats here? Because in my opinion, they've tried everything. <laughs> they've tried everything. They've tried old coaches, Pat Quinn. They've tried young coaches, Jay Woodcroft. They've tried successful coaches, Dave Tippett. Nothing's worked. Nothing. So maybe let's try Paul Coffey. So when we're in a game or when we're at practice and he's telling you what to do, you look up in the rafters and see his name there. That does mean a lot to players, old players, young players. Darren, that's always meant something to players that you played and that you had success. So this is a new way of trying it. Let's not forget Craig McTavish got into the Stanley Cup final game seven. Let's not forget that. And Paul Coffey, I know him personally. I think he can get it done. I think Coff can save the day. Why didn't they make him head coach? Probably didn't want that much responsibility. But it's interesting you say that, Bob, with a question in Darren, because I tweeted that today. This is probably the most important hire they made. Was the most important move they did was bringing in Coff. I think it's going to work. Does that answer your question, Bob? What do you think, Moose? I think it's great. And you're right. Like, when you talk to players or, you know, in the organization and on the ice, it's very easy to validate what you're saying. Yeah, when you've done it before, when you've won cups, when your name's in the rafters, when, you know, you have that respect level. Now, you know, People who didn't play the game can get that respect level and have the, the player's ear for sure. But when things start going tough uh, and, and going the wrong way and you start getting a little dissension in the room and you're not on the same page and a player snaps and says, well, have you ever played the game to even know, right? And coffee can be there and be like, yeah, I did better than you. Oh. So, you know, maybe I know what I'm talking about. And you won't get the same questions. I think it, it adds a lot for sure. Um, and you're right. Like go back to the best days 
not the, sorry, I shouldn't say the best days of the Oilers because 06, that era wasn't necessarily the best days, but they, cause they were the eighth seed, I think, but they made it to the cup final, right? McTavish was low. The GM right at the time. Um, I believe so that former players, right. That got them there. And now they're maybe going to go down that road again. I don't, I don't hate it. Flames trying the same thing and we haven't even got to them yet. We'll do that right after the break. But Wayne in BC says my dislike of Chad Kelly is partly because of the media pushing him on us fans. That's not his fault. No, that's the main problem that Serena has with Connor Bedard, the media pushing him on. That's not Connor's fault either. Why do you that it's not whatever? Mark in Melfort, the beekeeper, says, Rod, maybe you should use sign language to explain to people as they don't understand English. I have a very close friend that's a sign language gal, and I might I might have to bring her in out of the bullpen. Okay. I told you it'd be a spicy one today. Bridge, what'd you say to him? We'll be right back on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. <laughs> now we're live. Thanks, Moose. Yeah, we're real slick today. <laughs> the RP Show continues. You may notice a slightly different look. We've got a new production partner today. It's DuPont Media. And yeah, I like it. It's going great. Uh, yeah. Welcome on Inside, episode number 1120 of your favorite daytime sports talk show. We are on television, believe it or not, Game Plus. And uh, the sports doctor was saying last hour, we popped up on his television in Winnipeg, his Shaw Rogers Cable, Channel 230. Millions more people were infecting their minds. And down there in Atlanta, WQEE, Metro Atlanta on 99.1 FM. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. And here we go. Uh, let's bring Moose back in if we can. I can't totally see what's going on back there, but that's okay. Themes today. Oilers winning last night. Okay, I'm going to get to the Flames thing now. Flames? Week. Wait. Flames yeah. and Hockey Night in Canada commentators. Yeah, actually, I'm glad you, I'm glad that you brought that up. Actually, I'll do the Hockey Night in Canada thing first and then the Flames to keep the Calgary people hanging. Uh, and, the, and the Grey Cup thing, for those that have just tuned in, again, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, among other things, but two key points coming out of his annual State of the League address this morning. The league is going back to a balanced schedule, meaning every CFL fan will see 
the uh, opposition teams at least once in their own stadium. That's it hasn't happened for a few years now. They're excited about that. And Saturday CFL games are here to stay. Florida Panthers are at San Jose tonight, going after their fifth straight win, by the way. The Tampa Bay Lightning are at St. Louis. And yeah, Flames at Hams, but I'm not quite there yet on the Flames thing. The guy said earlier that Biz was on Hockey Night in Canada because he's entertaining. Well, he was only there once, one night, filling in for Kevin Bieksa. I'm not saying you're wrong, but it's not like he's a permanent fixture. But I was on a Panthers post-game show the other night, Darren. I'm sure you saw that I was on it. Uh, it's called Locked on Panthers, and they wanted me to break down the Panthers' win at Washington. I said, I can do that. I watched the whole game. And the host, Armando Velez, said, what did you think about, what did you think about Biz? And uh, the, and all the things he was doing in between periods on the NHL on TNT. And I said, NHL on TNT. And I said, I'm sorry, I have to, I can't answer that because I don't watch the intermissions. And he looked at me like I had just landed from Mars. And I, I had the sound down. I had it on in the house, but I was doing things on my phone and stuff. And Biz was going, rear, rear, and acting really goofy. I'm like, I don't want this. So I didn't watch it. So again, the guy here, uh, where is he? Blair in Calgary says they brought on Biz on Hockey Night in Canada because he's entertaining. Acting like an idiot is not entertaining to me. But that's just me. Like I, I said it again, what I tell you last week when the Columbus Blue Jackets were in town, John Davidson, all six foot five of them, or six four for sure, walking through the press box at sunrise, I was like, There goes JD. Remember him? Al Strachan, satellite hot stove. Here's what's going on in the NHL, folks. This is what you missed since last Saturday. Yeah, that's me hanging on that. Not guys acting like court jesters. So I don't watch it, Darren. Um, I'm not interested in what they're putting out there right now. And I like I like him. I said it a million times. So you? What are you love- where are you on the panels? I love the satellite hot stove. Those guys were great. Uh, and did Friedman get his start really on the hot stove? Was that where he started? Uh, he, got, he, got, we, he got his start at the score with oh, me. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But Hockey Night in Canada, I think he started coming on the hot or the yeah, the satellite hot stove. But yeah, John Davidson and Al Strachan and those guys and the writers. That was cool. Um the one thing that's working, like like Biz has a lot of things going on that's that's working for him. Um, one is he's authentic, he has personality, yeah. and when he does something or use, if you even just said, "Did you see the panelist on the NHL intermission that did this or said that?" You would know that it's Biz, right? And so personality is important. When we're all the same, we lose our value, right? Of being authentic and being unique. Um, the other side of it is if I'm producing those shows and I put biz on and you hate it and it doesn't do anything to you, you're sitting there waiting for the other guys, for Gretzky to talk or for the, you know, John Davidson, if he's on a panel or Mark Messier or guys that you admire. So, you know, it creates more value. And if I'm a biz guy and I hate the stuffy hockey talk, Every time those guys talk, I'm waiting for Biz to talk, and it makes it more impactful. Oh, yeah. You know, we got to have a little bit of everything. It's what makes the world great. And too many times, you want to create four guys that are all the same, that check all the boxes, 
it becomes really boring. Just like your TV, your, I go back to your show, Seinfeld. You talk about that show all the time. If all those characters were the same, what a boring show that would be. You got to love some and hate some, and that's what makes it great. From Reg Dunlop, he says, if Biz talked about immigrants, poppies, or foreign hockey players, he'd be canceled. Uh, <laughs> okay, we're daytime. <laughs> I'm wondering, so so he can talk about the things that he does and not get canceled? I can't even say the medical proper terms for the things that he does. I wouldn't feel comfortable even saying it on the air. But but Graves gets canceled and he does. Like feigning masturbation. Can I say that? On his social media accounts. That's fine. But we can't call out Swedish hockey players. This is where we're at. Gotcha. Well, I, I compared a little bit to, uh, to Steve-O, who you met in Calgary. Right? The things, that he, the things that they did and he got away with, um, again, to an He's extent. He's not on Hockey Night in Canada, Darren. <laughs> good, good point. Good point. Yeah. But, but being welcomed in to speak in front of thousands and thousands of people and uh, be welcomed into these major venues to, you know, do the show live and those types of things, um, pretty unique. Some guys just have an ability to pull that off. Sure. Uh, from Jason and Red Deer, he says, this episode reminds me of the Seinfeld episode with Serenity Now. I want to make it clear that I'm not dumping on Biz because, again, he's been on this show. He's a good guy. What I'm saying is, unless he wants to get serious about hockey, because when Gretzky comes on, this whole house shuts down. We want to hear what Wayne has to say. Or um, Jamie McCowan, when we were in Calgary, he goes, remember back in the day, he goes, we with the Flames, we would be out on the road uh, or in the bar after a game. And when Gretzky or uh, Cherry came on Hockey Night in Canada, the whole bar shut up and they turned the sound up. I think we are all in those bars that everybody shut up when Don Cherry came on for five minutes a week and they turned the sound up. Is anybody doing that for Paul Bissonnette now? Uh, the answer's, how about no? So whatever. But we also saw the ratings went up. That was a popular thing back in the th back in the day. The ratings went up for Coach's Corner on Hockey Night in Canada. Now that crap doesn't matter anymore. And uh, so John Ohm, boom, says, I agree, Rod. It's total BS what some people can get away with. Wowsters. Interesting theme. Some people can get away with not shaking hands after games, and other people get burned at the cross. <laughs> two different rules yeah flames thanks for reminding me not it's the interesting part of where we're at in society and by the way chris walsby uh walby's coming up <laughs> don't tell him i screwed his name up chris walby i know who he is we did an event together in assiniboia is coming up in the next segment he didn't see that did he moose you'd let me know i'm afraid of the man one of the biggest human beings I've ever been around in my life. But I want, your, I want your take on this just as much. We have about five minutes to get through it on the Flames. I dabbled in this a little bit late last week. The Flames win a couple games, and you don't hear a peep out of the Calgary media. 
which is dwindling from what it was. I've spent two years there. I feel fully comfortable speaking on the Calgary media. And I lived there in 1990, 91, going to college. It's two different worlds from a media standpoint. Um, Glare on the flames has not changed, but the way that the team's covered has. Fair? And who the influential people are. Interesting, Eric Francis was really on top then, and he still is. Eric Francis, not part of this discussion. Proper respect for him there. He didn't really get into his opinion. He just says what's really going on, and I, I like that about Eric Francis. But, Darren, Flames lose in a shootout in Toronto, and then they go into Ottawa and get Molly Wap the next night, and all of a sudden, Zadorov wants out. And I see the guys on the Barnburner podcast saying, what's the deal? Toffoli wanted out. Kachuk wanted out. Gaudreau wanted out. Now Zadorov wants out. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you guys weren't talking about this last week after he'd won two. But now you've lost two, and it's we got a horrible culture, and we need to rebuild. We need to get rid of everybody, and everything sucks here. And I'm like, wait, are you just sitting and waiting for the team to lose to dump on them? Which, by the way, Rhett Warner is a Ryder fan. He's from Frontier, Saskatchewan. He's a great guy. But, Darren, is this easy fruit to pick? Do you really not know what the problem is? Because I spent not even as nearly as much time as them in that town, and I know what the problem is. Or what? I. I'm just saying to sit and talk about what's the root of the problem in November. It's now's not the time you're half, you know, we're a quarter of the way into the season. Now's not the time. What do you think about that narrative? Cause it yeah. nerves me. I know it's tough. Like you can't spend your time. Yeah. Wondering about that. Now this needs to be fixed and addressed in the off season. Yeah, trying to get to the root of the problem and figure out what's going on. All you can do right now during the year is read and react. And unfortunately, if a guy doesn't want to be there, then you got to find a way to get rid of him. Because what type of an asset in any organization, sports or otherwise, is somebody who doesn't want to be a part of it? If you don't want to be a part of it and you're checked out and you want to be moving, you want to be somewhere else, then the best thing to do is just be somewhere else and find the best resolution to the issue. Because yeah. making people be where they don't want to be, that doesn't work for anybody. So if Zadorov wants out, you got to find a way to just move on because it's not working. I don't know how you repair that relationship um, when a guy doesn't want to be there, period. Well, I don't know why I continually get sucked into this. Not this, but I read the comments on these posts, particularly Calgary, when people say, why, do, why don't the Flames want to, why do they want out? Why do guys not want to play here? And I see the comments are, it's the taxes. It's the taxes are too high. Same taxes as Edmonton, right? Nobody has higher taxes than Quebec. We don't hear about that being a problem with the Montreal Canadiens. You want to blame the taxes? Okay, then. We can't be friends. Oh, no, no, no. It's because our rink's old. Still can't be friends. No. What? What do you know? Like, and I know we got to go to break, and Walby's waiting to log in here in the okay. commercial break. But money in that situation is not what makes people unhappy in any situation. He's not sitting there being, oh, another 12% on taxes went out of my paycheck. He's not that upset. Now, 
when you're in free agency and you're sitting there being like, huh, I could go to Florida and there's no tax. And this is what my contract would be worth. But an offer from Calgary is going to be this much. And you're weighing the dollars. Yeah, that could be a decision maker for sure. But it's it's not in the moment a job satisfaction thing. It's just not. Yeah. Thank you for the explanation. Chris Walby in next. We're live on the Game Plus Television Network as we talk the 110th Grey Cup. WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. All right, welcome back, everybody, and a special treat for you on uh, this RP show live on Game Plus Television and Key Radio, episode 1120. Yeah, multiple Grey Cup champion from Winnipeg, Chris Walby. Let's bring him in. But so many people are writing in about his time on the CFL on CBC. Chris Walby, the outstanding color man with Mark Lee. Uh, his Bombers were in the Grey Cup. That's where we're going to start. But, Bluto, welcome to the to the program. How excited are you about the Big Blue being back in for a fourth straight year? Yeah, Ron, first off, it's a pleasure to be on the show again. Um, I'll say this. Uh, I think the Bombers have a mission. They're there. I really hate to say this, but it's almost like I think Montreal's happy to be there. But the Bombers know they have to be there. They've got to, you know, they want to correct what happened last time with that block field goal where they should have won a game against Toronto last year. So I think this is the, uh, you know, this is something they got. They're on a mission. Not to say Montreal's not. But I think that uh, I just got this feeling Montreal's just happy that they're in the big show. Uh, sometimes, I hate to say this, you blow your everything in the final game. Uh, you know, for them, that upset against Toronto was remarkable. I mean, I, would, I, I wouldn't have put money on it. I know pre-show here, you talked to me, Rod, and you said that Dunnigan had called this. Uh, what an incredible pick. I mean, prediction, <laughs> put it that way. But no... Uh, I, I'm excited for the Bombers. I'm excited for Coach O'Shea and the dynasty they've created. And, uh, you know, Kyle Walters, hopefully get that guy signed back up as a GM. Uh, all the way down, Wade Miller, the players. They've created such a great atmosphere here that players take pay cuts to stay. And how many, you, you never see that. You don't see that in today's day and age, brother. Saw it in the 90s with Aldag and the crew and Sass. But you don't yeah. see it today's day and age. No, you do not. And uh, how did they do it? I mean, I didn't expect to go down this road with you, but it's not easy, man. It was 30 years of scorched earth in Winnipeg. How did they flip it to four straight Grey Cup appearances? That's mind-blowing, Bluto. You know, if you look back, Ron, at the beginning of the year, uh, people were saying, hey, this team's gray in the tooth. They're old. Uh, you know, this is one of those things. But I, I'm like, a, I really believe in the fine wine. Wine gets better as you let it age. So some of these guys, like, you know, uh, uh, all offensive linemen. I know Jamarcus is up there. Congrats to him on being the uh, outstanding offensive lineman. Knocking off the perennial Stanley Bryant. Uh, you know, Patty Newfield, he's a former rider. I mean, this guy has really come into his own on Winnipeg. They got an old team, but like I said earlier, I, they've created such an atmosphere, you know, with the professional chefs cooking every day. This is something I've never seen before. Like, you know, in the old days, Cal Murphy, rest in peace, you know, he, you know, he would try and cut our per diem. I mean, we were lucky if we got spaghetti. Now these guys got a professional chef. They're worried about diets. There's no uh, alcohol in the locker room, which is not a bad thing, I guess. But, you know, and it's just it's a change thing. But I think it comes down to one thing, and that is they created a culture that players are willing to stay because they know they have a chance to go to the big show. Uh, you take a look at Rashid Bailey. He took a pay cut to come back. 
You take a look at Kenny Lawler, who's, in my mind, one of the best, if not the best receiver in the CFL. You know, he took a huge cut leaving Edmonton to come back to Winnipeg. They know what's going on here. And uh, anytime you got number eight, Zach Kolaris, behind the center, you know you have a great opportunity to win that football game. I want to read you this comment from uh, from the audience, and you just take it for what it is because I'm interested to hear what you're going to say. Sure. Dave, David in Winnipeg says, Bluto, I wish I could hear you do broadcasting for this Grey Cup game, seeing as you were a part of both teams, and this is the first time ever that they've met in the Grey Cup. Go Blue. Isn't that How something? Would you, How would you address that? Oh, that's crazy. Think about 1981, right? That's, uh, wow, a long time ago. You know, playing with guys like Billy White Shoes, Johnson, Vince Ferragamo, and all those guys in 81, Junior Ayu, and then coming to Winnipeg and playing 16 years here. Um, but I'll, to answer your question about doing uh, – right, listen, I was so blessed. You talked about the fact I got to work with Mark Lee. I also got to work with the legend, Chris Cuthbert. Um, you know, um, it just was phenomenal. The stories I have back then, guys like Larry Mueller making sure that Chris Cuthbert had peanuts and tea in the, in the, in the press box all the time. Just – it was just a great time, and I enjoyed it. Now, I still got a rant on that because I still think the TSN needs to wake up and dedicate a camera to the O-line and D-line. Let's show the pit. It drives me absolutely nuts to watch a game, and they keep showing the catch, and it keeps throwing the throw. That's great. But how did that throw come about? How did that run from Oliveira come about? Show me the pit. Let me see where the you know the knit and grit comes on. Because you know as well as I do, Ron, I'm not preaching anything you don't know. It's all one of the trenches. So show me the trenches. So that's what I would say. So TSN, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. Put a camera dedicated on some of those guys. Look at Sean Lemon. Nobody even signs this cat. All of a sudden he comes back, makes a big play. Darnell Sankey wins in the XFL, comes back. It's done. You know what? Show me these guys. I want to see some of that stuff, man. I want to see the, you know, the, the head knocking. and That's where it's all about, man. I understand the pretty boys get all the attention, but uh, sometimes the fat guys need some love, too. You know, you talk about the CBC. They really knew how to broadcast a football game. They did a good job, and, buddy. Yeah, and for, forgive me for forgetting. 07 Grey Cup was the last on CBC. Did you call yes. that one? Yes, I sure did. That was the one where Saskatchewan knocked us off. Where uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Kevin Glenn broke his arm the game in the Easter or the final, and then we lost to Saskatchewan. We threw, I think, three interceptions. I believe it was the head coach, Ryan Dinwiddie, who was our starting quarterback at that time. Uh, yeah, but that was the last game that CBC called. And, uh, you know, and again, I should be, I should not forget this man, the man that got me involved in the TV at all in the first place. Um, you know him as well. The guy who used to call the track and field, Donnie, the legend Whitman, um, oh, to work with Don. Yes. I mean, you got, that's a blessing to work with Don Whitman, man. I'm telling you, he was such a great guy personally. Uh, and I, I made a joke of telling how I did my first ever game in, in Calgary. And uh, I was doing the game. And, and it, you know, you know, it's like you got to do the rehearsals. And so the rehearsals, uh, you know, Don Woman says to me, okay, Chris, you talk about the quarterbacks. I'm going to talk about that D-line. All right, that sounds great, man. That's great. All right, we go three, two, one, live. Chris, tell me about that D-line. He threw me <laughs> under the bus. So... I get, you know, after stumbling, I get it all out, and he goes, that's what you got to do. On TV, it's live, baby. You better be prepared for everything. Get ready. He yeah. taught me such a lesson. It was the best lesson I ever learned, and I really loved the guy. I mean, he was just so good to me, and uh, one of the major factors for me even getting involved in any kind of a television uh, career. 
Well, you were used to thinking on your feet, obviously, but Don Whitman, original Saskatchewan guy. Oh, there and you go. An absolute legend. I believe two two towns lay claim to him. Um, yeah, I'm not sure which one it is. Rosvern, <laughs> Rosvern, and Herbert. They're they're in a fight over. Maybe he lived in both. I'm not sure. Kind of like Nathan Rourke between Oakville and Victoria. They both say that he says yeah. uh, Kevin and Kevin in Calgary says best line ever. Fat boys need love too. Jay in Winnipeg says that was Dinwiddie's first game. Uh, yeah. yeah, Greg. Imagine starting your first games at Great Cup. Can you imagine? Oh. No, I, I, to me, I mean, obviously, I think what he's done in Toronto is phenomenal. He's almost taken a script out of Winnipeg. It seemed, you know, obviously, and I know they got the GM there as Pinball Clemens, who obviously, you know, it sprinkles down. Uh, I just think they've done a fantastic job there. It's so good to see one of the major markets, uh, you know, increasing their, you know, their talent level and increasing their fan base. The BC, same thing. This is really good. This is good for league having Montreal in the Great Cup. I think, you know, yeah. I probably I probably would have picked Toronto and, and Winnipeg. or And then again, I was really hesitating because when I saw that game that BC played against Calgary and the way that V. Adams played, I thought, my God, I, that's a great half of football. Now, I don't know Milt Stiegel. I love Milt, and I play with Milt, saying that's the best half of football he's ever seen. I don't agree with that. But I will say that was pretty damn close to the top. So, yeah, it's just uh, I, I'm happy Montreal's in it. I like Jason Moss. It's it's really crazy, eh? It's the calm meeting the storm. Calm mm -hmm. Michael O'Shea doesn't get nuts, just keeps it on. And our storm, Jason Moss will rip your head off. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, I like the energy. I like the fire. That's my kind of guy. Hey, yeah. what do you guys got going on with Bonfire on Sunday? Assume you had pre and post game. What got something going on? Yeah, we got a we got a pre and post. We've done every game this year with uh, Darren Bombing and myself and uh and I think we're going to do a few hits. He's going out, I believe, either today or tomorrow to the Great Cup in Hamilton. He'll be there all week. So we might be doing little five-minute segments. Uh, and then we'll probably do a pregame, depending on what his schedule is too, right? Um, but obviously with the Bombers in there, it's a great thing. It's it's great to wax poetic about our team again because I there's no chink in this armor. I mean, you look at Winnipeg. Where's the weakness? I don't see anything. I blocked the punt last week. Nick Halleck, God bless you. You did a great job. I mean, uh, they just find ways to win. If the offense is not up to par, defense kicks it up. Nine sacks. And then you look going against a team like Montreal who gave up the most or almost the most sacks in a in a season at 61. Woo, baby. Uh, it yeah. could be ugly. But maybe BC doesn't want to run the football. You know that they'll run the football with standback. So, I mean, uh, that's a change, a little change in, you know, philosophy. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, I'm just looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a great game. Could be a little sprinkle of Jesus. Jesus, don't forget about that. Oh, don't oh, forget. Oh, Cody. You know, <laughs> yeah. And you got to be happy for the guy. You really got to be happy. The way he was given the door last year, you know, they kind of – and listen, Saskatchewan's a tough market to play in. You know, that's their team. That's their thing. That's their love. Uh, and if this and look at what that that was just I mean they went from the penthouse to the outhouse uh, they, they just did not look good at all now I see that Nick Marshall uh, you know they got released yesterday so boy I hope they can fix that up I don't know who the next head coach is I know they're looking at Buck Pierce I know they're looking at some other guys do you want to leave the team does does Buck want to leave Winnipeg I mean obviously everybody wants to be the head guy but you're in a pretty cushy position right now. And if I'm the Winnipeg, if I'm Winnipeg, I'm just going to make him assistant head coach. Keep him happy. Get bump his pay. You know. Yeah, there's That's a lot going on. A lot going on besides the game for sure. 
Bluto, thank you. As I knew it would be great, you never disappoint. Enjoy the game, man. You know, Rod, it's always a pleasure. Anytime, brother. I really do love coming out with you guys. Thank you, pal. Take care, man. The, God bless. The, the Hall of Famer, the great Chris Walby, joining us live from Bomberland ahead of the 110th Grey Cup. Overtime is on the way next. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio. By the way, that's Channel 1190 on Bell MTS Cable in Manitoba. Channel 230 on your Shaw Rogers. WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Okay, everybody, welcome back for Overtime. So many of your favorite segment of the program here on the CFL's favorite program, the Rod Peterson Show. But we're never too far away from hockey. It's in our heart, and Overtime is brought to you by Overtime Hockey Lanes in Calgary, where skill and fun collide. It's an amusement park for hockey enthusiasts. And I invite you now to check it out and maybe try out the Rod Peterson Lane. I'm telling you, I went there with Kevin the Medium, and I could have stayed there all day. Isn't that right, Kevin the Medium? He dragged me out of there. You love shooting pucks. You love being with other hockey-loving people. Uh, licensed bar and restaurant. What's not to love? Big screen TVs. Overtime Hockey Lanes. Check it out. They're at 28th Street Northeast in Calgary. Just a slap shot away from the old Crossroads Flea Market. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I'll get to your comments. Man, did we hit a nerve today? Chad Kelly is like the number one thing we've been talking about. But on the hockey vein, well, number one, hang on, before the sports update. We're running out of time here. But the uh, the Cats and Bolts podcast, the one that Serena and I do, follow it on Instagram. We've got a poll on there and Twitter. It's Cats and Bolts podcast. Do you have a problem with Matthew Kachuk roughing up Connor Bedard on Sunday? 82% of people saying, no, they don't have a problem with it. Kachuk came after Connor Bedard. It was a flyby. It was a, bit, a little bit of a face wash, not a big deal. But a lot of people are talking about it here in South Florida. I'd love to know your thoughts. Vote on it. Do you have a problem with Matthew Kachuk bullying the kid, Connor Bedard? I don't, but it's not really a good look. It's similar to what we've been talking about with Chad Kelly. If you don't want to shake hands after the game and you can look yourself in the mirror and you're okay with it, then who's anybody else to tell you what to do? I know hockey people, football people, and high-ranking positions now that have done the exact same thing and never had to pay for it, so why the hell should Chad Kelly? Would I do it? No. But I don't speak for him. You do you. It's kind of the theme of this show, right? Sports update. The Edmonton Oilers now have two wins in a row and a new head coach. Chris Knobloch started his tenure as coach of the Oilers with a 4-1 win over the Islanders Monday night. Connor McDavid snapped his scoring slump in the win. Leon Dreisaitl had it at goal and three assists. First thing Knobloch did was split the two of them up, put them on separate lines. Apparently it worked. Miko Rantanen and Ross Colton scored two minutes apart midway through the second period, and the Colorado Avalanche beat the Seattle Kraken 5-1 in Jared Bednar's 300th career win, uh, the pride of Humboldt Sask. Three Canadian NHL teams are set to play later today. Flames will face off against the Habs in Montreal, while the Jets host the New Jersey Devils. The Buffalo Bills fired offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey today with the Josh Allen-led attack stagnating over a six-week stretch and the three-time defending AFC East champions falling further out of the playoff picture. Sports update brought to you by Common Crown Brewing Company, turning your everyday common beer into a unique and exceptional experience. 
Visit commoncrown.ca. And for Landmark Cinemas in theaters November 17th, that's Friday, right? Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, starring Rachel Zegler and Tom Blythe. Quickly to the text line, Blair in Calgary says, CFL fans don't like arrogance, and I think that not shaking hands is somewhat arrogant. I'm not arguing with everybody. Again, feel how you want. This is what I think. Show me a good loser, I'll show you a loser. Brian in Bosager, Manitoba says, I hope your Jeep is covered down there in Boca Rock. Last minute of play. I got you, Moose. Last minute of play on the RP show. The Jeep is covered, and it looks like the rain has stopped for the day. I covered it. How about that? I actually bought a rain-repellent cover. He also says, a balmy day in Beausajour, Manitoba, for mid-November, plus 10, 50 degrees Celsius. Thank you for the weather report. Uh, Ryan in New York. Great show today, Rod. I hope everyone enjoys whichever sport they watch tonight. Yeah, we got college football tonight. Three games in the MAC, five games in the dub, including the Saskatoon Blades. The Saskatoon Blades at the Moose Jaw Warriors. We'll talk about it all tomorrow, noon Eastern. It's been a DuPont Media production. Been a fun one. See you tomorrow. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.